Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Sports That We Like podcast. I'm your host today, Ben Daniel, on this Thursday, October 11th, 2018. Let's kick things off with what we saw last, last night. Lonzo makes his preseason debut. Lakers beat the Warriors 123-113. Now, this was something that was the main story yesterday. So I have quite a few to talk about in this particular topic. LeBron had 15, 10, and 5. Didn't play the second half at all. Ingram continues to show improvement. 26 points. Didn't shoot too well. 5 for 13, I believe. Kuzma, 22 points. Shooting the ball 16 times. KCP had 20 points, 17 in the first half. And Lonzo Ball, 7 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. 4 steals, though. Four steals. He redeemed himself slightly in the second half. Didn't look too good in the first half. Chucking up a first three air ball. We'll get into that. I mean, just didn't look. He just didn't look good to me. I have some pros and some cons that we're going to discuss later. KD, 18 and 12. Played half the third quarter, none of the fourth. Same thing with Steph. Had 23. Clay had 20. Draymond didn't play. Demarcus Cousins, of course, rehabbing that ACL injury. He didn't play either. But I mean, the whole first half was just the Warriors doing what they wanted to do. The Lakers were up 61 57 at the half. But the Warriors weren't playing defense. Lakers weren't playing defense. Kevin Durant had. How much did Kevin Durant have in the first half? Was he at 14? 14 in the first quarter. 14 in the first half. So take that how you take that how you will. Through the entire first half, though, it looked like showtime. This was a the the entire first half was very very entertaining. Second half was a bit of a drag, but the first half you felt it in the crowd. You felt it in the crowd. The atmosphere was like a playoff atmosphere. They even mentioned it on ESPN. The atmosphere was like a playoff atmosphere. And you clearly can see that Steph and KD as well fed off the crowd. Just like this Lakers team did, Steph and KD fed off this crowd as well. They were playing in Vegas, guys, so it was a neutral site. It was a neutral site. So if you like basketball, you came out and you watched. If you were a Lakers fan, you made the five, six-hour drive and you watched. Warriors fan, maybe an eight, nine-hour drive and you watched. But it's preseason basketball. Nothing crazy, but this felt crazy. This felt big time. You know, there was running, exciting passes, dunks, alley-oops, Warriors with the three ball, Steph, KD, really looked like Showtime out on that floor. There was a sequence in the first quarter where Jordan Bell cuts down the fir- cuts down the middle. Steph hits him with a nice dime, puts some spin on the ball. He misses the layup. Lakers take it, push it up court to Josh Hart. Goes up for a layup, gets swatted by Damian Jones, grab the rebound, kick it up. KD's pushing it, finds Klay Thompson on the right side, free throw extended for a three. Lakers quickly take it out, push it to LeBron, who throws an alley to JaVel McGee. And to top it all off, Curry pushes the ball up, film the energy in the arena, pops up for the three ball. Left side. Dribble, 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 pull up, skirt. Money. Money. You know, that's... 
was just the first quarter, guys. Josh Hart just crosses half court on the left side, tosses up to Kyle Kuzma, cutting in for an alley-oop. I mean, this game was exciting, and you felt it. You felt it. Lonzo came in in the first quarter, gets a wide-open look, air balls, absolutely no legs in his shot, came up at least seven inches short, looked disgusting. But they came back, second quarter, what do they do? You know what, let's get Lonzo going a little bit, set up a play, backdoor, alley-oop to Lonzo from LeBron, crowd loved it. But this first half was a struggle for Lonzo. Finished two points, two rebounds, no assists in 14 minutes. This first half was a struggle. It's just the way it is. Third quarter, fourth quarter, starters didn't play. Lonzo played, though. Five points, couple rebounds, couple steals. Made a nice three-pointer off of a Lance Stevenson pass. You know, he stepped into it. His jump shot didn't look like complete trash. It was good. Definitely was good. Definitely nice to see. But what did I take away from this game? What did I take away from this game? You can't... It's a preseason game, so you can't take away too much. You can't read too far into it because it's a preseason game. But you can still read into it. You can read body language. You can read comfortability. And that translates into the regular season. Comfortability. It'll translate. Because the more you're comfortable, it'll build your confidence. LeBron already has that. Rondo, these guys already have that. It's the young core. It's the Ingrams, the Kuzmas, the Hearts, the Balls. It's these guys that need to build that comfortability and confidence. Even Lance Stevenson needs to build that. He's more of a veteran, but he still needs to build that because that's when you get swaggy Lance Stevenson. But you know LeBron's a monster. That's exactly what I took away from this game. LeBron's a monster. And with this small Lakers lineup that they start with Bron at the four, he's going to be dominant on the boards. He had 10 rebounds last night and only played the first half. And you see him go up and he snags a lot of nice-looking rebounds. Like, he grabs them and then he goes. And it's just one fluid motion. It looks beautiful. But that's what you took away. LeBron's a monster and he's going to be dominant on the boards. Ingram and Kuzma, one of these guys will be the second leading scorer on this team. Kuzma might play his way into a starting role. Now, I don't know how that will play out. I don't know if you want to move KCP to the bench. I don't know. But... Kuzma will take that step, and you can't keep him on the bench. You can't keep that man on the bench for long. One of these guys are going to be averaging 18 to 23. One of them. And the beautiful thing with this team is, since they're both scorers, with LeBron, Rondo, Lonzo, Lance, Hart to a degree, all these guys can can, can facilitate and give these guys open shots. So you know they're going to take that next step. You know they're going to be open. 
You know they're going to get the ball in the right positions. You know they're going to be out and running in transition. They can both hit their free throws. Kuzma can hit his threes. Ingram is a great finisher around the rim. Kuzma is a great finisher around the rim. Kuzma will chuck up the shots. That's just a fact. Kuzma will chuck up the shots to get that 18 to 23. Especially if he's coming off the bench. You better believe it. You better believe it. And let's say Lonzo doesn't start. And you have Kuzma and Lonzo coming off the bench. These guys can do some damage against other bench teams. 100%. They better. They better. Warriors will be back in the Western Conference Finals. We know that. KD was on fire. He had a beautiful putback slam in the first quarter. Steph was doing his thing. Dancing on guys. Pulling up right in front of him. Clay always looking wet. Clay has one of the smoothest jump shots I've ever seen. One of the smoothest jump shots I've ever seen. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. But the big thing surrounding this game was Lonzo's performance. It was Lonzo. Lonzo was the main story. How's Lonzo going to look? How's that jump shot going to look? Did he get stronger? To me, he looked shaky. You can't take many good things away from that game. You can't take many good things away from that game. I have a list, good and bad, and I have a few more bad than I do good. Just a few more, a few more bad than I do good. But, I mean, he comes in the game and he shoots an air ball, you know? Let me let me let me break it down to you the good and the bad. I'll give you the good first and then I'll give you the bad after. The good, he didn't seem out of shape. You know, he didn't seem like he was huffing and puffing like he wasn't in game shape. He seemed in good shape and he definitely looked considerably stronger. Definitely built like an animal. His upper body was definitely thicker. Definitely looked thicker. You could tell. But his, you know, his first three-pointer looked terrible. But his next three looked like a more of an actual jump shot, as I said earlier. Looked like a better jump shot. He stepped into it. Put his legs in there. Got some air under the ball. Didn't just fling it. And one thing that we can take away that he still has, this guy is an underrated defender. And I'm not going to call him a great defender yet, but he's really good. He is really good. He's got quick feet, quick hands, and he moves his feet in ways that sets up his hands to just swat at the ball. He had a rip seal yesterday on Steph Curry. Steph was just hanging the ball out. Lonzo moved a little bit over to his right side and just slapped it. Slapped it right out of his hands. I mean, this guy finished with four steals in 20-something minutes, guys. 23 minutes, guys. Lonzo Ball is a very good defender. If only his offense will catch up. But let's go let's go to the bad now. He still has those same lethargic actions in the half court when the ball is in his hands. When he's not operating the ball in the half court, he likes to give it up and stand in a corner. Give it up and stand free throw extended. Not give it up, run, set an off the ball screen, slide around to the baseline, hit a screen, get a three. 
dodge down to the corner, come back up, pop up, get the ball, drive in. No, he gives it up and he stands somewhere. And then as the ball moves, he slowly makes his way back to it, gives it up, and then slowly makes his way back to the corner. That's not good. That's not good at all. And he still seems wary to shoot open shots. There was a possession, guys, where Kuzma and Ball, Lonzo, on on that steal play I just mentioned, Lonzo steals it, runs it up, has Kuzma to his right, gives it to Kuzma, Kuzma gives it to Ball, Ball easily could take it in or stop, pop for a shot, and they go one more time, gives it to Kuzma, back to Ball, and there's your possession right there. They give it to Josh Hart, can't convert. But these guys have open shots. Lonzo, you have two open shots, an open lane and an open shot at two different times, and you choose to pass out. I understand passing is in your nature, but this is the NBA. This is the NBA. You got to you gotta shoot that rock. You got to shoot that rock. And another thing, you, Lonzo, you got to penetrate. You got to penetrate more. You got all that muscle on your frame now for what? Drive and dish, drive and dish, drive and dish. That's what you got to do. You got to drive and dish, drive and dish. You're not driving. You're not dishing. You're just standing. And your assists come on long passes. Just long passes of you seeing people cherry pick. You don't have many. Oh, that's a nice little dump. You don't have many of those. You just don't. Your assists are very bland. You got to step it up. You got to penetrate. Let them fear that you're coming inside to their paint. You just don't do it. These guys know you're not going to drive. They know you're not going to shoot. They just got to play the pass on you. If I'm Dean you up, Lonzo, I'm giving you the three. Because I've never seen you make it. And I'm just playing the passing lanes. I'm looking around more than I'm looking in front of me. Always going under the screens. Not respecting your jumper at all. I mean, it just is, is what it is. You have good ball handling, but it's nothing spectacular. It's not like your ball handling's fantastic. So. Gotta step it up, Lonzo. Now, one thing I did also take away from this game. Is that this team seems to genuinely like each other. You know, LeBron hit the buzzer beater at the end of the second quarter. And when these guys came up to congratulate him, LeBron looked genuinely happy to see them show up. You know, he got a little, he got lighter when they came and dapped him up. Instead of just giving them a, it's all business nod like he's done in the past. I think L.A. has reinvigorated LeBron as far as him being a kid again. And these players around him reinforce that feeling for him. And I think he likes that. You know, they play for each other. These guys, passing is contagious. That holds true here. It leads to open shots. And with the lack of snipers on this team, they need every open shot they can get. I do predict the move will be made around the trade deadline, but with the lack of snipers on this team, they need to move that ball and get these open shots. Penetrate and dish. Penetrate, layup, and one. With Brandon Ingram's doing a great job. Brandon Ingram looked good yesterday. Didn't look great, but he looked good. 
jump shot coming along nice. And one thing I've noticed is that LeBron and Rondo have both seemed to really taken the reins as the alphas of this young team. But it seems that they have two different roles as the, as the leaders. And they're opposite roles. To me, Rondo, the hard-nosed, gritty, defender, serious leader. Not much time for joking. It's all business. Let's get this done. I'm not your friend. I'm your teammate. Let's win. I'm all about winning. LeBron seems more the fun. The guy's guy. And he's the best player on the team. And he's mentally leaps and bounds above everybody on that team except for the other leader, Rajon Rondo, of course. But these guys mentally know the game on another level. But both of them will do what it takes to win on the court, which is extremely important. Both of these guys will do what it takes to win on the court, which is extremely important. I'm excited for this Lakers team. I'm excited for this Lakers season. I'm excited for what Brandon Ingram will do. And I'm worried for Lonzo Ball. (laughs) And I'm worried for Lonzo Ball. Now, moving on. I have someone here for the Pacers and the Bulls, but... This this was the other... I'll go over it. This was the other nationally televised game, guys. Pacers won. Psych. Pacers lost 104-89. Thaddeus Young had 16 points, 10 rebounds. Old Depot struggled. 4 for 15, 12 points. Sabanis had a good game. The guy that they picked up from the Oakland City Thunder in the Paul George trade. He looked very good. Young power forward in his third year. As far as the Bulls go, Wendell Carter struggled. 1 for 6, 2 points. Levine and Justin Holiday both scored 22 points each. Bobby Porter had 20. But these two teams, neither team is going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think either team is going to be in the semi-Eastern Conference Finals. But I do think the Pacers can be in the playoffs. And I do think the Bulls can show promise. This is a young Bulls team. They're not ready. They finished 27 and 55 last year. They're not ready right now. And they signed, you know, the hometown kid Jabari Parker. They did sign him. That's a good pickup. They still have Chris Dunn, who looked good yesterday. Seven points, eight assists. Zach Levine, who looked good. Marketing. Denzel Valentine off the bench. But the key is going to be Wendell Carter. Is this guy going to show promise or not? He didn't look good yesterday, but if you have him and marketing, if you pair these guys up, that's a great 5-4 right there. That's a great center power forward combination right there. That's a great 1-2 right there. That's a great inside out right there. That's great outside in. Both these guys can play with their back to the basket. Both of these guys can shoot from 15 extended to 20. Marketing can shoot the three ball though. Both of these guys can play. As for the Pacers, you have Oladipo coming off an all-star and career year. You do. 
This guy last year averaged 23 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. First time All-Star. Took a huge leap from the, yet again, the Paul George trade. Took him to the playoffs. Pushed him to the Cavs to a tough 7-game series. Paul George faced the Cavs the year before. Swept. They got swept. And they still have Darren Collison, Miles Turner. They signed Tyreek Evans, Doug McDermott. Tyreek Evans didn't play yesterday, but they signed these guys. They want to push forward. But I think with the coming up of the Celtics and the 76ers, the Raptors with Kawhi Leonard, Giannis hopefully takes that next step. I don't think these guys are going to be a top four team. I just don't see it. But I've been wrong before. The basketball-themed story I have today revolves around these two teams, the Raptors and the Spurs. Both were in action yesterday. One team lost, the other team won. The Raptors won, the Spurs lost. Kawhi had 11-7-7 on 3-12 shooting in a 118-91 win. Danny Green, his partner that came over in that trade, had 22.6 for 7 from the 3. So this 3-point shooting is going to look very good in Toronto. It's going to look very good in Toronto. Jared Allen, the young center for the Nets, 24 points. That kid's nice. The kid's nice. D'Angelo Russell, 18.6 rebounds. And the Spurs, who lost, had... DeMar DeRozan, 15 points, 6 assists, 4 of 12 shooting. So not the best shooting from either of these guys, Kawhi or DeRozan. Rudy Gay had 28 points, looking like vintage Rudy Gay. Looking how Rudy Gay should have looked last couple years. Looking how Rudy Gay should have looked last year when the Spurs signed him. But the story about this game is Trey Young's game winner in the fourth quarter. 2.7 seconds left in the clock. Trey Young hit the game winner. Let me break down this play to you guys. This was why... This is why we were looking at him like he could be the next Steph Curry coming out of college. Not the next best shooter, but similar games, of course. We can all see that. We can all see that. Extremely similar games. He's dribbling at the half-court line. They're playing in the Georgia Tech Stadium. Dribbles around the G and launches a half-court three-pointer from the G. Swish. Raptors go on to win by three. He finished with 22 points, seven assists. Looking a lot like what we wanted him to look like coming out. This was Trey Young. This is what people expected. Him and John Collins is going to look really good. It's going to look really interesting, I should say. I'm not going to say good. Interesting, because Collins is a nice player as well. The main theme is going to is the is the Kawhi DeRozan trade between these between this though. Last time we saw Kawhi, he averaged 26.6 rebounds, four assists, two steals. Clear MVP candidate, clear defensive player of the year candidate. Arguably a top 3 player in basketball. And the thing is, he sat out last year. Now, whether he was cleared, he just didn't want to play, he generally felt pain, that doesn't matter right now. What happened last year has no bearing on this year 
other than one thing. And that he virtually took a year off. Kawhi Leonard virtually took a year off. As long as he's in good physical shape, as far as he can run without getting tired, that shape, not health-wise, he's he should be 110%. You take a full year off and you still are working out, you should be at 110%, Kawhi. Now, the last time we saw DeMar DeRozan, he was not as good as a player as the last time we saw Kawhi. 23, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. A top 20, 25 player in the league, but not a top 3 player in the league. He led the Raptors to lose to LeBron. I call this man DeFrozen. DeMar DeFrozen. He never could show up. He froze up. It was DeMar DeFrozen and Kyle Lousy in the playoffs. In the regular season, oh yeah, they'll get you 50, 60 games. Come playoff time, nope. They're not winning anything come playoff time, I'll tell you that. From the optics, it looks like the Raptors won the trade. You get the better player on both sides of the ball, Plus, you get a good three-point shooter and a perimeter defender in Danny Green. However, when it comes to this particular trade, you have to take the coaches involved into consideration. You have to take the coaches involved into consideration. Think about this. Now, DeMar DeRozan has a great coach. Now, DeMar DeRozan is in a great system. Now, DeMar DeRozan will have to play defense. Pop's not letting him get get away with not playing defense. He's not. So, is the DeMar DeRozan we see this year, will he be the same on the DeMar DeRozan we saw last year? Nope. He won't be. He'll be a better player, I think. And in Popovich's system, his assists will go up. He'll get more open shots. They will run plays more designed for him better. But we really won't know who won this trade until the playoffs come. Until we get into April, May. That's when we'll know. We're going to know by who performs better individually whose team goes on a deeper run, and when they lose, because we all know neither team is going to make the finals this year. Why they lose? How do they deal with the loss? Whose fault is it? Is it their fault? Coach's fault? Supporting Cass' fault? Is it Kyle Lousy's fault? Did you just not show up? DeMar DeRozan, did you just not show up? That's when we're really going to tell when it comes to March, April, May. That's when we're going to know. Until then, we're not going to know. We're going to have no idea.
personally, I think the Raptors got the better end of the deal. But we won't know. They're going. Kawhi's going into a weak Eastern Conference. Except for three teams, they're weak. They could win 45, 50 games and be a top four seed. Can't do that in the West. You gotta be at 50 games. And these guys all beat up on each other in the West. That's why they're so close last year, because they all beat up on each other. The Eastern, there's only they're top heavy. That's what I'm saying. The East is top heavy. The West is all beasts. The West is all beasts. Now, as we know, I addressed this on yesterday's podcast. I am a huge Eagles fan. And as we all know, the Eagles are playing tonight. Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory. Fly, Eagles, fly. Tonight, 8 o'clock on Fox. Eagles, Giants, division, division game. Serious game. Huge game. This division looks weak. Looks weak right now. The division looks weak right now. Eagles 2 and 3, Redskins 2 and 3, Cowboys 2 and 3, Giants 1 and 4. This division looks terrible. And this the good thing for the Eagles is that this is their first division game. Giants already lost to the Cowboys. <laughs> they already lost to the Cowboys. We want to start off this with a good division win. If we win the division, who knows what could happen come playoff time. But we got to win the division, guys. We got to win the division, guys. We're 2 and 3 right now. We have 6 division games left. So if we win 4 of those division games, that's at 6 wins right there. We could squeak out three more along the way. And that's we're winning the division with nine wins this year. I hate to break it to you, Eagles haters, but we're all we're winning the division with nine wins. NFC East division winner will be nine and seven. It's just the way it's looking. The Giants are looking up to even their division record. Come 500, one and one. That's fine. They're getting Olivier Vernon back to help their defense. The Eagles don't have Jay Ajay. So we have no idea what the running game is going to look like. A lot of speculation is that the Eagles are going to get Le'Veon Bell. Eagles want to get Le'Veon Bell now. <sighs> Eagles want to get LaShawn McCoy. I like the LaShawn McCoy. Let's get him back. Never should have left in the first place. Never should have traded him in the first place. Why get Le'Veon Bell? We won't have enough money to pay him. LaShawn, we can keep. And we gave Jay Ajay all this money. So Jay Ajay and LaShawn, now we're talking, boys. Now we're talking. The Eagles offense, not looking too good. Sproles is out. Alshon just came back a couple weeks ago. 
Johnson's hurt. Peters is hurt. We're banged up. But we got to shape up. We got to get right. Eagles got to step it up. This is pathetic. Pathetic. So, unless this offense comes together and Corey Clement comes saves the day like I hope he does, Clement, Jeffrey, and Wendell Smallwood got to save this team because right now, everybody else isn't performing. Carson Wentz, you're back. You got to give that ball to Zach Ertz, your number one target. You got to give it to Zach Ertz, your number one target. And the defense, I don't know what's going on. Our front four is still great. Ingham, Cox, Long, still great. But the back back seven, you guys look tough. You guys look soft. Getting beat. Ronald Darby looking weak. Malcolm Jenkins, you got to get control of your boys and let's step it up. Got to step it up. Is this slow start a cause for concern? I think so. We're not going to get double-digit wins this year. I hate to break it to you. We're just not. Wentz doesn't look too bad. Doesn't look great, but he doesn't look too bad. Now on the other side, the Giants, they got a lot going on. The Giants have a lot going on. You got the OBJ drama. You got Shermer publicly endorsing and embracing Saquon while publicly shading OBJ, ignoring OBJ. Eli looks like complete trash out there. Let's keep it a buck. He looks like trash out there. This Giants team, I just don't think is going to get it done. This Giants team will be 5-11. and 11. This Giants team is looking somewhere rare at 5-11. and 11. And offensively, they have so many weapons, they should be nowhere near that. This Giants team should be nowhere near that. You have OBJ, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley. And you guys can't do anything offensively? Coming off a loss to the... Both these teams are coming off losses, by the way. Eagles just lost to the Vikings. Giants just lost to the Panthers. 33-31 on a last-minute field goal. The Giants lost. Those guys should be frustrated. They should be angry. They should be ready to rip the Eagles' heads off. This is a division game. Both these teams should be ready to rip each other's heads off. It just is what it is. It just is what it is. These guys got to be ready to go. And it's a Thursday night game. So both teams are on short rest. This is going to be a sloppy game. This is going to be a sloppy game. The only thing the Eagles have going for them is that in the last 18 meetings, they won 14 of them. They're 14 and 4 in the last 18. I like our odds. The over and under is 44. I think I'm gonna go with the think I'm gonna go with the over. Hmm, but I might have just talked myself going with the under, and that's a Thursday night game. Who knows? 
I'll see. But this, this is a must-win for both teams. This is a must-win. Even though it's a, even though it's a weak division, it's a must-win. You don't want to fall to two and four. You don't want to fall to one and five. It is a must-win. The Giants, if you start off 0-2 in your own division, you might as well kiss it goodbye because you're not going to win your division like that. Because you, because I figured you're going to lose at least one more to the at least one more to the Redskins. So you'll be three and three at best in your division. And when the three and three plus one, you come to four games, then you run out of other games to play. Then you're looking at four and seven, and you're running out of games to play. So these teams got to show up and win. Yes, it's on Thursday night, but the fact it's a division game, I don't want to hear any excuses. Moving on. Eagles better take it home. UFC 232, John Jones, Alexander Gustafson got announced. Finally, John Jones makes his long-awaited UFC return after serving a 15-month suspension for taking enhancing substances that he got cleared off of. This is a big deal. John Jones would be eligible for the November 3rd card in Madison Square Garden, but he said, according to Chael Sonnen, he said that that's not going to be enough time for him. He said that's not going to be enough time. He wants more time to prepare. So yes, give him an extra month and a half, two months. It's going to be December 29th, UFC 232, John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson for the light heavyweight title. This is for the light heavyweight title, guys. As soon... I won't get to that yet. This fight's big, partly because last time these two faced off, John Jones did win. John Jones is sitting 23-1 and right now. Last time they faced off, John Jones did win. However, a majority of the fans believe he lost this fight. A majority of the fans believe Alexander Gustafson won that fight. And Gustafson's been calling for a rematch. He's been screaming. He's been hooting. He's been hollering for a rematch. He wants it. And he finally got it. For the light heavyweight championship. I'm excited. I'm excited. Gustafson, this is well-deserved. He's been beating people up left and right. Just beat up Glover Teixeira. This is going to be a great fight. Now, what I was going to say before, since this is for the light heavyweight championship fight, that's right. As soon as the first punch gets thrown, Daniel Cormier will be stripped. Now, why is that so relevant and important for the UFC? Let's think. He gets stripped. John Jones has the belt. DC A. DC has two options. A. He still fights Brock. And he risks beating or losing to Brock. He risks losing to Brock. Or B. He waits on the John Jones versus Gustafson fight. John Jones wins this fight. He's going to have to wait after this fight anyway, A or B, because both fights are projected after this. 
He waits for the John Jones Gustafson fight, and when John Jones wins, Daniel Cormier goes into that octagon and calls out John Jones. I want my belt back. That's what he's got to say. You got to say, I want my fucking belt back. We'll see. We'll see. But man, DC versus John Jones 3 will be huge. It got just broke the other day. McGregor Khabib did 2.4 million. John Jones vs. D3 Part 3 might be very close to that number, if not above it. It will be very close to that number, if not above, if not above it. Also in the UFC, Khabib threatened to leave. <laughs> Khabib threatened to leave the UFC. Why? One of the guys who jumped to the octagon and assaulted McGregor. His name is Zubair Tokugov, a UFC fighter whom was scheduled to fight against Artem Lobov. Now, if you know Artem Lobov, he's the one that got slapped by Khabib, which inspired this entire thing with Connor flying over during Madison Square Garden, throwing the dolly in the bus. That man, Zubair Tukugov, got fired. Dana fired him. And Khabib, this is his part, where he's coming from. He's saying, since nothing was done to Connor's team, why should something be done to my team? Which is understandable. Since nothing was done to Connor's team, why should be something done to my team? So Khabib is saying, I'm just going to not fight in the UFC again. You want to take my guy off the card, fire my team, but not fire Connor's team. This is what you want to do. I'm done fighting in the UFC again. I don't think he'll go through with it. I just think he's flexing and seeing how much he can push Dana. Last thing with the UFC before I get out of here. Khabib met with Putin yesterday. It was a very interesting scene. Khabib looked like he was scared to death. You know, Putin made a few jokes. Khabib's father made a few jokes, but Khabib just looked very scared. And he wore a suit for the first time in history. Yes, Khabib Nurmagomedov wore a suit, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very impressed. But anyway, guys, that's going to be it today. That was the Sports We Like podcast. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Same time. Take it easy. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Sports That We Like podcast. I'm your host today, Ben Daniel, on this Thursday, October 11th, 2018. Let's kick things off with what we saw last, last night. Lonzo makes his preseason debut. 
Lakers beat the Warriors 123-113. Now, this was something that was the main story yesterday. So, I have quite a few to talk about in this particular topic. LeBron had 15-10-5, didn't play the second half at all. Ingram continues to show improvement, 26 points, didn't shoot too well, 5-13, for I believe. Kuzma, 22 points, shooting the ball 16 times. KCP had 20 points, 17 in the first half. And Lonzo Ball, 7 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 steals though. Four steals. He redeemed himself slightly in the second half. Didn't look too good in the first half. Chucking up a first three air ball. We'll get into that. I mean, just didn't look. He just didn't look good to me. I have some pros and some cons that we're going to discuss later. KD, 18 and 12. Played half the third quarter, none of the fourth. Same thing with Steph. Had 23. Clay had 20. Draymond didn't play. Demarcus Cousins, of course, rehabbing that ACL injury. He didn't play either. But I mean, the whole first half was just the Warriors doing what they wanted to do. The Lakers were up 61 57 at the half, but the Warriors weren't playing defense. Lakers weren't playing defense. Kevin Durant had. How much did Kevin Durant have in the first half? Was he at 14? 14 in the first quarter. 14 in the first half. So take that how you take that how you will. Through the entire first half, though, it looked like showtime. This was a the the entire first half was very very entertaining. Second half was a bit of a drag, but the first half you felt it in the crowd. You felt it in the crowd. The atmosphere was like a playoff atmosphere. They even mentioned it on ESPN. The atmosphere was like a playoff atmosphere. And you clearly can see that Steph and KD as well fed off the crowd. Just like this Lakers team did, Steph and KD fed off this crowd as well. They were playing in Vegas, guys, so it was a neutral site. It was a neutral site. So if you like basketball, you came out and you watched. If you were a Lakers fan, you made the five, six-hour drive and you watched. Warriors fan, maybe an eight, nine-hour drive and you watched. But it's preseason basketball. Nothing crazy, but this felt crazy. This felt big time. You know, there was running, exciting passes, dunks, alley-oops, Warriors with the three ball, Steph, KD, really looked like showtime out on that floor. There was a sequence in the first quarter where Jordan Bell cuts down the first, cuts down the middle. Steph hits him with a nice dime, puts some spin on the ball. He misses the layup. Lakers take it, push it up court to Josh Hart. Goes up for a layup, gets swatted by Damian Jones, grab the rebound, kick it up. KD's pushing it, finds Klay Thompson on the right side, free throw extended for a three. Lakers quickly take it out, push it to LeBron, who throws an alley to JaVel McGee. And to top it all off, Curry pushes the ball up, film the energy in the arena, pops up for the three ball. Left side. Dribble, 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 pull up, skirt. Money. Money. You know, that's was just the first quarter, guys. Josh Hart just crosses half court on the left side, tosses up to Kyle Kuzma, cutting in for an alley-oop. I mean, this game was exciting, and you felt it. You felt it. 
Lonzo came in in the first quarter, gets a wide open look, air balls, absolutely no legs in a shot, came up at least seven inches short, looked disgusting. But they came back, second quarter, what do they do? You know what, let's get Lonzo going a little bit, set up a play, backdoor, alley-ooped Lonzo from LeBron, crowd loved it. But this first half was a struggle for Lonzo. Finished two points, two rebounds, no assists in 14 minutes. His first half was a struggle. It's just the way it is. Third quarter, fourth quarter, starters didn't play. Lonzo played, though. Five points, couple rebounds, couple steals. Made a nice three-pointer off of a Lance Stevenson pass. You know, he stepped into it. His jump shot didn't look like complete trash. It was good. Definitely was good. Definitely nice to see. But what did I take away from this game? What did I take away from this game? You can't... It's a preseason game, so you can't take away too much. You can't read too far into it because it's a preseason game. But you can still read into it. You can read body language. You can read comfortability. And that translates into the regular season. Comfortability. It'll translate. Because the more you're comfortable, it'll build your confidence. LeBron already has that. Rondo, these guys already have that. It's the young core. It's the Ingrams, the Kuzmas, the Hearts, the Balls. It's these guys that need to build that comfortability and confidence. Even Lance Stevenson needs to build that. He's more of a veteran, but he still needs to build that. Because that's when you get swaggy Lance Stevenson. But you know LeBron's a monster. That's exactly what I took away from this game. LeBron's a monster. And with this small Lakers lineup that they start with Bron at the four, he's going to be dominant on the boards. He had 10 rebounds last night and only played the first half. And you see him go up and he snags a lot of nice looking rebounds. Like, he grabs him, and then he goes. And it's just one fluid motion. It looks beautiful. But that's what you took away. LeBron's a monster, and he's going to be dominant on the boards. Ingram and Kuzma, one of these guys will be the second-leading scorer on this team. Kuzma might play his way into a starting role. Now, I don't know how that will play out. I don't know if you want to move KCP to the bench. I don't know. But... Kuzma will take that step, and you can't keep him on the bench. You can't keep that man on the bench for long. One of these guys are going to be averaging 18 to 23. One of them. And the beautiful thing with this team is, since they're both scorers, with LeBron, Rondo, Lonzo, Lance, Hart to a degree, all these guys can can, can facilitate and give these guys open shots. So you know they're going to take that next step. You know they're going to be open. You know they're going to get the ball in the right positions. You know they're going to be out and running in transition. They can both hit their free throws. Kuzma can hit his threes. Ingram is a great finisher around the rim. Kuzma is a great finisher around the rim. Kuzma will chuck up the shots. That's just a fact. Kuzma will chuck up the shots to get that 18 to 23 especially if he's coming off the bench you better believe it 
You better believe it. And let's say Lonzo doesn't start. And you have Kuzma and Lonzo coming off the bench. These guys can do some damage against other bench teams. 100%. They better. They better. Warriors will be back in the Western Conference Finals. We know that. KD was on fire. He had a beautiful putback slam in the first quarter. Steph was doing his thing. Dancing on guys. Pulling up right in front of them. Clay always looking wet. Clay has one of the smoothest jump shots I've ever seen. One of the smoothest jump shots I've ever seen. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. But the big thing surrounding this game was Lonzo's performance. It was Lonzo. Lonzo was the main story. How's Lonzo going to look? How's that jump shot going to look? Did he get stronger? To me, he looked shaky. You can't take many good things away from that game. You can't take many good things away from that game. I have a list, good and bad, and I have a few more bad than I do good. Just a few more, a few more bad than I do good. But, I mean, he comes in the game and he shoots an air ball, you know? But let me let me let me break it down to you the good and the bad. I'll give you the good first and then I'll give you the bad after. The good, he didn't seem out of shape. You know, he didn't seem like he was huffing and puffing like he wasn't in game shape. He seemed in good shape and he definitely looked considerably stronger. Definitely built like an animal. His upper body was definitely thicker. Definitely looked thicker. You could tell. But his, you know, his first three-pointer looked terrible. But his next three looked like a more of an actual jump shot, as I said earlier. Looked like a better jump shot. He stepped into it. Put his legs in there. Got some air under the ball. Didn't just fling it. And one thing that we can take away that he still has, this guy is an underrated defender. And I'm not going to call him a great defender yet, but he's really good. He is really good. He's got quick feet, quick hands, and he moves his feet in ways that sets up his hands to just swat at the ball. He had a rip seal yesterday on Steph Curry. Steph was just hanging the ball out. Lonzo moved a little bit over to his right side and just slapped it. Slapped it right out of his hands. I mean, this guy finished with four steals in 20-something minutes, guys. 23 minutes, guys. Lonzo Ball is a very good defender. If only his offense will catch up. But let's go Let's go to the bad now. He still has those same lethargic actions in the half court when the ball is in his hands. When he's not operating the ball in the half court, he likes to give it up and stand in a corner. Give it up and stand free throw extended. Not give it up, run, set an off-the-ball screen, slide around to the baseline, hit a screen, get a three. Dodge down to the corner, come back up, pop up, get the ball, drive in. No, he gives it up and he stands somewhere. And then as the ball moves, he slowly makes his way back to it, gives it up, and then slowly makes his way back to the corner. That's not good. That's not good at all. And he still seems wary to shoot open shots. 
there was a possession, guys, where Kuzma and Ball, Lonzo, on, on that steal play I just mentioned, Lonzo steals it, runs it up, has Kuzma to his right, gives it to Kuzma, Kuzma gives it to Ball, Ball easily could take it in or stop, pop for a shot, and they go one more time, gives it to Kuzma, back to Ball, and there's your possession right there. They give it to Josh Hart, can't convert. But these guys have open shots. Lonzo, you have two open shots, an open lane and an open shot at two different times, and you choose to pass out. I understand passes in your nature, but this is the NBA. This is the NBA. You got you to gotta shoot that rock. You got to shoot that rock. And another thing, you, Lonzo, you got to penetrate. You got to penetrate more. You got all that muscle on your frame now for what? Driving dish, driving dish, driving dish. It's what you got to do. You got to drive and dish, drive and dish. You're not driving. You're not dishing. You're just standing. And your assists come on long passes. Just long passes of you seeing people cherry pick. You don't have many. Oh, that's a nice little dump. You don't have many of those. You just don't. Your assists are very bland. You got to step it up. You got to penetrate. Let them fear that you're coming inside to their paint. You just don't do it. These guys know you're not going to drive. They know you're not going to shoot. They just got to play the pass on you. If I'm Ding you up, Lonzo, I'm giving you the three. Because I've never seen you make it. And I'm just playing the passing lanes. I'm looking around more than I'm looking in front of me. Always going under the screens. Not respecting your jumper at all. I mean, it just is what it is. You have good ball handling, but it's nothing spectacular. It's not like your ball handling's fantastic. So. Gotta step it up, Lonzo. Now, one thing I did also take away from this game. Is that this team seems to genuinely like each other. You know, LeBron hit the buzzer beater at the end of the second quarter. And when these guys came up to congratulate him, LeBron looked genuinely happy to see them show up. You know, he got a little, he got lighter when they came and dapped him up. Instead of just giving them a, it's all business nod like he's done in the past. I think L.A. has reinvigorated LeBron as far as him being a kid again. And these players around him reinforce that feeling for him. And I think he likes that. You know, they play for each other. These guys, passing is contagious. That holds true here. It leads to open shots. And with the lack of snipers on this team, they need every open shot they can get. I do predict the move will be made around the trade deadline, but with the lack of snipers on this team, they need to move that ball and get these open shots. Penetrate and dish. Penetrate, layup, and one. With Brandon Ingram doing a great job. Brandon Ingram looked good yesterday. Didn't look great, but he looked good. Jump shot coming along nice. And one thing I've noticed is that LeBron and Rondo have both seemed to really take in the reins as the alphas of this young team. But it seems that they have two different roles as the, as the leaders. And they're opposite roles. To 
to me, Rondo, the hard-nosed, gritty, defender, serious leader. Not much time for joking. It's all business. Let's get this done. I'm not your friend. I'm your teammate. Let's win. I'm all about winning. LeBron team is more the fun. The guy is guy. And he's the best player on the team. And he's mentally leaps and bounds above everybody on that team except for the other leader, Rajon Rondo, of course. But these guys mentally know the game on another level. But both of them will do what it takes to win on the court, which is extremely important. Both of these guys will do what it takes to win on the court, which is extremely important. I'm excited for this Lakers team. I'm excited for this Lakers season. I'm excited for what Brandon Ingram will do. And I'm worried for Lonzo Ball. (laughs) And I'm worried for Lonzo Ball. Now, moving on. I have someone here for the Pacers and the Bulls, but this, is, this was the other, you know, I'll go over it. This was another nationally televised game, guys. Pacers won. Psych. Pacers lost 104-89. Thaddeus Young had 16 points, 10 rebounds. Old Depot struggled. 4 for 15, 12 points. Sabanis had a good game. The guy that they picked up from the Oakland City Thunder in the Paul George trade. He looked very good. Young power forward in his third year. far as the Bulls go, Wendell Carter struggled. One for six, two points. Levine and Justin Holiday both scored 22 points each. Bobby Porter had 20. But these two teams, neither team is going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think either team is going to be in the semi-Eastern Conference Finals. But I do think the Pacers can be in the playoffs and I do think the Bulls can show promise. This is a young Bulls team. They're not ready. They finished 27 and 55 last year. They're not ready right now. And they signed, you know, the hometown kid Jabari Parker. They did sign him. That's a good pickup. They still have Chris Dunn, who looked good yesterday. Seven points, eight assists. Zach Levine, who looked good. Marketing. Denzel Valentine off the bench. But the key is going to be Wendell Carter. Is this guy going to show promise or not? He didn't look good yesterday. But if you have him and marketing, if you pair these guys up, that's a great 5-4 right there. That's a great center power forward combination right there. That's a great 1-2 right there. That's a great inside out right there. That's great outside in. Both these guys can play with their back to the basket. Both of these guys can shoot from 15 extended to 20. Marketing can shoot the three ball though. Both of these guys can play. As for the Pacers, you have Oladipo coming off an all-star and career year. You do. This guy last year averaged 23 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. First time all-star. Took a huge leap from the, yet again, the Paul George trade. Took him to the playoffs. Pushed him to the Cavs to a tough seven-game series. Paul George faced the Cavs the year before. Swept. They got swept. 
And they still have Darren Collison, Miles Turner. They signed Tyreek Evans, Doug McDermott. Tyreek Evans didn't play yesterday, but they signed these guys. They want to push forward. But I think with the coming up of the Celtics and the 76ers, the Raptors with Kawhi Leonard, Giannis hopefully takes that next step. I don't think these guys are going to be a top four team. I just don't see it. But I've been wrong before. The basketball themed story I have today revolves around these two teams, the Raptors and the Spurs. Both were in action yesterday. One team lost, the other team won. The Raptors won, the Spurs lost. Kawhi had 11, 7, and 7 on 3 of 12 shooting in a 118 to 91 win. Danny Green, his partner that came over in that trade, had 22.6 for 7 from the 3. So this 3 point shooting is going to look very good in Toronto. It's going to look very good in Toronto. Jared Allen, the young center for the Nets, 24 points. That kid's nice. The kid's nice. D'Angelo Russell, 18.6 rebounds. And the Spurs, who lost, had DeMar DeRozan, 15 points, 6 assists, 4 of 12 shooting. So not the best shooting from either of these guys, Kawhi or DeRozan. Rudy Gay had 28 points, looking like vintage Rudy Gay. Looking how Rudy Gay should have looked last couple years. Looking how Rudy Gay should have looked last year when the Spurs signed him. But the story about this game is Trey Young's game winner in the fourth quarter. 2.7 seconds left in the clock. Trey Young hit the game winner. Let me break down this play to you guys. This was why. This is why we were looking at him like he could be the next Steph Curry coming out of college. Not the next best shooter, but similar games, of course. We can all see that. We can all see that. Extremely similar games. He's dribbling at the half-court line. They're playing in the Georgia Tech Stadium. Dribbles around the G and launches a half-court three-pointer from the G. Swish. Raptors go on to win by three. He finished with 22 points, seven assists. Looking a lot like what we wanted him to look like coming out. This was Trey Young. This is what people expected. Him and John Collins is going to look really good. It's going to look really interesting, I should say. I'm not going to say good. Interesting, because Collins is a nice player as well. The main theme is going is the, is the Kawhi DeRozan trade between, these, between this, though. Last time we saw Kawhi, he averaged 26.6 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. Clear MVP candidate. Clear Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Arguably a top three player in basketball. And the thing is, he sat out last year. Now, whether he was cleared, he just didn't want to play, he generally felt pain, that doesn't matter right now. What happened last year has no bearing on this year other than one thing. And that he virtually took a year off. Kawhi Leonard virtually took a year off. As long as he's in good physical shape, as far as he can run without getting tired, that shape, not health-wise, 
He's he should be 110%. You take a full year off and you still are working out. You should be at 110%, Kawhi. Now, the last time we saw DeMar DeRozan, he was not as good as a player as the last time we saw Kawhi. 23, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. A top 20, 25 player in the league, but not a top 3 player in the league. He led the Raptors to lose to LeBron. I call this man DeFrozen. DeMar DeFrozen. He never could show up. He froze up. It was DeMar DeFrozen and Kyle Lousy in the playoffs. In the regular season, oh yeah, they'll get you 50, 60 games. Come playoff time, nope. They're not winning anything come playoff time. I'll tell you that. From the optics, it looks like the Raptors won the trade. You get the better player on both sides of the ball. Plus, you get a good three-point shooter and a perimeter defender in Danny Green. However, when it comes to this particular trade, you have to take the coaches involved into consideration you have to take the coaches involved into consideration think about this now DeMar DeRozan has a great coach now DeMar DeRozan is in a great system now DeMar DeRozan will have to play defense Pop's not letting him get get away with not playing defense He's not. So, is the DeMar DeRozan we see this year, will he be the same on the DeMar DeRozan we saw last year? Nope. He won't be. He'll be a better player, I think. And in Popovich's system, his assists will go up. He'll get more open shots. They will run plays more designed for him better. But we really won't know who won this trade until the playoffs come. Until we get into April, May. That's when we'll know. We're going to know by who performs better individually. Whose team goes on a deeper run. And when they lose. Because we all know neither team is going to make the finals this year. Why they lose? How do they deal with the loss? Whose fault is it? Is it their fault? Coach's fault? Supporting cast fault? Is it Kyle Lousy's fault? Did you just not show up? DeMar DeRozan, did you just not show up? That's when we're really going to tell when it comes to March, April, May. That's when we're going to know. Until then, we're not going to know. We're going to have no idea. Personally, I think the Raptors got the better end of the deal. But we won't know. They're going Kawhi's going into a weak Eastern Conference. Except for three teams, they're weak. They could win 45-50 games and be a top four seed. Can't do that in the West. You gotta be at 50 games. 
and these guys all beat up on each other in the West. That's why they're so close last year, because they all beat up on each other. The Eastern, there's only they're top heavy. That's what I'm saying. The East is top heavy. The West is all beasts. The West is all beasts. Now, as we know, I addressed this on yesterday's podcast. I am a huge Eagles fan. And as we all know, the Eagles are playing tonight. Fly, Eagles, fly. On the road to victory. Fly, Eagles, fly. Tonight, 8 o'clock on Fox. Eagles, Giants, division. Division game. Serious game. Huge game. This division looks weak. Looks weak right now. The division looks weak right now. Eagles 2 and 3, Redskins 2 and 3, Cowboys 2 and 3, Giants 1 and 4. This division looks terrible. And this the good thing for the Eagles is that this is their first division game. Giants already lost to the Cowboys. <laughs> they already lost to the Cowboys. We want to start off this with a good division win. If we win the division, who knows what could happen come playoff time. But we got to win the division, guys. We got to win the division, guys. We're 2-3 and three right now. We have six division games left. So if we win four of those division games, that's at six wins right there. We could squeak out three more along the way. And that's we're winning the division with nine wins this year. I hate to break it to you, Eagles haters, but we're all we're winning the division with nine wins. NFC East division winner will be nine and seven. It's just the way it's looking. The Giants are looking up to even their division record. Come 500, one and one. That's fine. They're getting Olivier Vernon back to help their defense. The Eagles don't have Jay Ajay. So we have no idea what the running game is going to look like. A lot of speculation is that the Eagles are going to get Le'Veon Bell. Eagles want to get Le'Veon Bell now. (sighs) Eagles want to get LaShawn McCoy. I like the LaShawn McCoy. Let's get him back. Never should have left in the first place. Never should have traded him in the first place. Why get Le'Veon Bell? We won't have enough money to pay him. LaShawn, we can keep. And we gave Jay Ajay all this money. So Jay Ajay and LaShawn, now we're talking, boys. Now we're talking. The Eagles offense, not looking too good. Sproles is out. Alshon just came back a couple weeks ago. Johnson's hurt. Peters is hurt. We're banged up. But we got to shape up. We got to get right. Eagles got to step it up. This is pathetic. Pathetic. So, 
unless this offense comes together and Corey Clement comes saves the day like I hope he does, Clement, Jeffrey, and Wendell Smallwood got to save this team because right now, everybody else isn't performing. Carson Wentz, you're back. You got to give that ball to Zach Ertz, your number one target. You got to give it to Zach Ertz, your number one target. And the defense, I don't know what's going on. Our front four is still great. Ingham, Cox, Long, still great. But the back, back seven, you guys look tough. You guys look soft. Getting beat. Ronald Darby looking weak. Malcolm Jenkins, you got to get control of your boys and let's step it up. Got to step it up. Is this slow start a cause for concern? I think so. We're not going to get double-digit wins this year. I hate to break it to you. We're just not. Wentz doesn't look too bad. Doesn't look great, but he doesn't look too bad. Now on the other side, the Giants, they got a lot going on. The Giants have a lot going on. You got the OBJ drama. You got Shermer publicly endorsing and embracing Saquon while publicly shading OBJ, ignoring OBJ. Eli looks like complete trash out there. Let's keep it a buck. He looks like trash out there. This Giants team, I just don't think is going to get it done. This Giants team will be 5-11. This Giants team is looking somewhere at 5-11. And And offensively, they have so many weapons, they should be nowhere near that. This Giants team should be nowhere near that. You have OBJ, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley. And you guys can't do anything offensively? Coming off a loss to the... Both these teams are coming off losses, by the way. Eagles just lost to the Vikings. Giants just lost to the Panthers. 33-31 on a last-minute field goal, the Giants lost. Those guys should be frustrated. They should be angry. They should be ready to rip the Eagles' heads off. This is a division game. Both these teams should be ready to rip each other's heads off. It just is what it is. It just is what it is. These guys got to be ready to go. And it's a Thursday night game. So both teams are on short rest. This is going to be a sloppy game. This is going to be a sloppy game. The only thing the Eagles have going for them is that in the last 18 meetings, they won 14 of them. They're 14 and 4 in the last 18. I like our odds. The over and under is 44. I think I'm gonna go with the think I'm gonna go with the over. Hmm, but I might have just talked myself going with the under, and that's a Thursday night game. Who knows? I'll see. But this this is a must-win for both teams. This is a must-win. Even though, it's a, even though it's a weak division, it's a must-win. You don't want to fall to 2-4. and four. You don't want to fall to 1-5. and five. It is a must-win. 
the Giants, if you start off 0-2 in your own division, you might as well kiss it goodbye because you're not going to win your division like that. Because you, because I figured you're gonna lose at least one more to the at least one more to the Redskins. So you'll be three to three at best in your division. And when the three and three plus one, you come to four games, then you're running out of other games to play. Then you're looking at four and seven, and you're running out of games to play. So these teams got to show up and win. Yes, it's on Thursday night, but the fact it's a division game, I don't want to hear any excuses. Moving on. Eagles better take it home. UFC 232, John Jones, Alexander Gustafson got announced. Finally, John Jones makes his long-awaited UFC return after serving a 15-month suspension for taking enhancing substances that he got cleared off of. This is a big deal. John Jones would be eligible for the November 3rd card in Madison Square Garden, but he said, according to Chael Sonnen, he said that that's not going to be enough time for him. He said that's not going to be enough time. He wants more time to prepare. So, yes, give him an extra month and a half, two months. It's going to be December 29th, UFC 232, John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson for the light heavyweight title. This is for the light heavyweight title, guys. As soon... I won't get to that yet. This fight's big, partly because last time these two faced off, John Jones did win. John Jones is sitting 23-1 right now. Last time they faced off, John Jones did win. However, a majority of the fans believe he lost this fight. A majority of the fans believe Alexander Gustafson won that fight. And Gustafson's been calling for a rematch. He's been screaming. He's been hooting. He's been hollering for a rematch. He wants it. And he finally got it. For the light heavyweight championship. I'm excited. I'm excited. Gustafson, this is well-deserved. He's been beating people up left and right. Just beat up Glover Teixeira. This is going to be a great fight. Now, what I was going to say before, since this is for the light heavyweight championship fight, that's right. As soon as the first punch gets thrown, Daniel Cormier will be stripped. Now, why is that so relevant and important for the UFC? Let's think. He gets stripped. John Jones has the belt. DC, A, DC has two options. A, he still fights Brock and he risks beating or losing to Brock. He risks losing to Brock. Or B, he waits on the John Jones versus Gustafson fight. John Jones wins this fight. He's going to have to wait after this fight anyway, A or B, because both fights are projected after this. He waits for the John Jones-Gustafson fight, and when John Jones wins, Daniel Cormier goes into that octagon and calls out John Jones, I want my belt back.
That's what he's got to say. He's got to say, I want my fucking belt back. We'll see. We'll see. But man, DC versus John Jones 3 will be huge. It got just broke the other day. McGregor Khabib did 2.4 million. John Jones versus D3 part 3 might be very close to that number, if not above it. It will be very close to that number, if not above, if not above it. Also in the UFC, Khabib threatened to leave. <laughs> Khabib threatened to leave the UFC. Why? One of the guys who jumped to the octagon and assaulted McGregor, his name is Zubair Tokugov, a UFC fighter whom was scheduled to fight against Artem Lobov. Now, if you know Artem Lobov, he's the one that got slapped by Khabib. Which inspired this entire thing with Connor flying over during Madison Square Garden. Throwing the dolly in the bus. That man, Zubair Tukugov, got fired. Dana fired him. And Khabib, this is his part where he's coming from. He's saying, since nothing was done to Connor's team, why should something be done to my team? Which is understandable. Since nothing was done to Connor's team, why should be something done to my team? So Khabib is saying, I'm just going to not fight in the UFC again. You want to take my guy off the card, fire my team, but not fire Connor's team. This is what you want to do. I'm done fighting in the UFC again. I don't think he'll go through with it. I just think he's flexing and seeing how much he can push Dana. Last thing with the UFC before I get out of here. Khabib met with Putin yesterday. It was a very interesting scene. Khabib looked like he was scared to death. You know, Putin made a few jokes. Khabib's father made a few jokes, but Khabib just looked very scared. And he wore a suit for the first time in history. Yes, Khabib Nurmagomedov wore a suit, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very impressed. But anyway, guys, that's going to be it today. That was the Sports We Like podcast. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Same time. Take it easy.